0: John chapter 3 we have a really cool visual here and so we're going to read this together and we're going to dive in but during this time as you guys are turning I pray that we take a little bit time to reflect to examine our hearts to see the things God's challenging in our own lives during this Christmas season And if you don't mind please stand with me in honor of God's word and let's read this together John chapter 3, verse 1, says this. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we just thank you for this time. God, I pray that your name is exalted and that you are lifted up today. Pray that you speak to us through your word. Challenge us. Help us to see you in a new light. Help us to draw nearer to you during this Christmas season. Holding on to the truths that you have revealed to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as we look at this, we, we kind of peel this back a little bit, right? And so we're going to stay in John chapter 3 for a second. But we see this. At first we have who? Nicodemus, right? We have Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees. And so he knows some things, right? We know enough about Nicodemus that he knows some stuff. But one of the first things he does is what? He acknowledges Jesus as sent from God. He can see that clearly. Why? Because he's seen some things and he's heard some things that Jesus has done. Meaning that Nicodemus has seen... At some point, we can see this here. Jesus doing different things, working miracles, his teachings. We see that. So he says, because of what you're doing, we know that you must be sent from God. But his question was this. What does it mean to be born again? What does it look like? What am I missing? There's something I'm missing here. Which Jesus replies, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And what is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. And again, Nicodemus asked, right? Still kind of wondering, what's going on here? What am I missing? Jesus replies. He says, how can this be? Jesus replies, we speak of what we know and we bear witness to what we have seen. But you still don't receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who has descended from heaven who is the Son of God. And so as we're looking at this together, he's doing a few things here. We see the authority of who Jesus is. He's being patient. He's taking time to talk to Nicodemus and then reveals his authority. And then he does something here that I really love. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. We see him not only take a little bit of time, be graceful with Nicodemus, really speak with him, He kind of meets Nicodemus where he is because as a Pharisee, he would know what a lot of the Old Testament stuff He would have studied he knows some things And he would have this understanding. So he goes back and said well, let's look back at moses in the wilderness And so for us as we look at the christmas story Here's jesus talking with nicodemus. Here's us looking at the christmas story this morning How are we supposed to believe and how are we supposed to take the things that we have seen and heard and apply them? We take time to study the Word of God. We take time to be here together in our life groups and we are encouraged by one another as we live life. But do we truly take time to just meditate on the Word? We've had a lot of great sermons over the last couple weeks and it's been a lot of fun to be reminded of the things that God is continually doing in this church and in the community. But are we taking time to truly study the Word of God? So as we... Go into uh, Jesus speaking here in verse 11 to what we have heard and bear witness to what you have seen and you don't receive it at some point you have to receive this gift so as we look at the birth of Jesus we can see that wasn't random this wasn't popped into God's mind and this wasn't something a part of just this random act right this was something a part of his calling for us and his grace for us and his loving of us we go all the way back to Genesis in the garden, and then through Abraham, God continued to keep his promises. God continued to use his people. He continued to keep his promise all the way through. This was coming, and when people doubted or even worshiped other gods, he continued to keep his promise, and that's what he did when Jesus was born, and so before Jesus was born, we want to take a little bit look at a few things of the prophecies that were spoke. Because I think these prophecies were so important as well. Because of the fact that it gave hope. There was hope. God used people and spoke through people. And hope was given. In Micah 5.2 But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me. One who is to be ruler of Israel. Whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Isaiah 7.14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. If you have your Bible, turn over to Luke chapter 2 with me here in a second. And this is cool as we see this revealed as we talk through it. Prophecy coming to fruition. If we start in Luke Luke chapter 2, in those days, a decree was sent out from Caesar Augustus that all the world shall be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town, and to Joseph also, and went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In verse 8, we continue, and it says, And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude, the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away, From them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what they saw, that the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all the things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all they had seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before. He was conceived in the womb. Prophecy coming to fruition, promises being kept. There's so many names that we have for God. Waymaker, promise keeper, loving father, prince of peace, He's our provider. And he loves us. He loves us so much that he did what? He sent his son for us. We can't miss this gift, y'all. We can't. We have to be willing to receive it. Again, this was not just some coincidence. Please see it. This was a plan of redemption, an act of love towards the world, and was absolutely intentional. God made no mistake. This was absolutely intentional. So if we continue to read John chapter 3, if you want to jump back there, Jesus continues to explain explain this for us, right? So we see 316, we all know it for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. For God so loved what the world that he gave his son for you and for me. God wants the world to be saved through him. says right here. But there are people that have not received that gift That is a gift that we have the choice to make. We have to receive it. So let's continue to read in verses 19 through 21. It says this on our end. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because what? Their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. Lest his works should be exposed. Whoever does not what is true... Comes to the light, does what is true, comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So we see this. The light has come into the world. But people love that darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. And those that do wicked, the light becomes the thing that exposes that very wickedness. So, it's hard to want to go to that light because it reveals the things that we have to work on. And when pride becomes the big thing, a lot of us, we have to drop that pride. We have to humble ourselves. But he who does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. We can see the fruit of our decisions, we can trust the Lord because he's our promise keeper. He's our provider, and He cares for us deeply. So if you have received this gift and you know Him, then then we tend to look at Christmas a little different, right? It should not be the worst time of year. I know sometimes it can be like we're distracted or different things, but we can be encouraged by the true meaning of Christmas. We can be encouraged by that promise that we have. I was listening to one of my favorite sermons and it's an older one. I told the youth this this last weekend as we were uh, up at Tushy, and it was Billy Graham from 1953. It's one of my favorite Christmas sermons because it's just him speaking, and I think it's a recording, and he's just kind of sharing, and he was talking about being at home, and he said when he was walking around the streets, he was discouraged. He said because there's no joy. There's just a lot of frustration and emptiness, and there's just things going on about who's getting what, and who's going where, and And there's no one, there's nothing that new, that new joy in anybody's life. And he was worried. He said he was worried because he felt like everyone forgot what we're truly celebrating. He was worried because of how Christmas was. Was it about Santa? Was it about the things? What was Christmas truly about? And he says that some people were talking to him and that he felt that they were saying that the church had failed Christmas. So it failed. The church had failed. He said but the church has never failed because God never fails. And that was his reminder that God doesn't fail. And we serve a God that doesn't fail. and He's our provider. And I agree with Billy Graham that at times it can be super distracting and sometimes we wonder what we're doing and are we making a difference? And we probably all have these friends that we're truly praying for and these people that we encounter and we're trying to share the gospel. We're trying to just reach out to them or give a hand for a need or any of that stuff. And it seems like we're hitting wall after wall after wall. But we've got to continue to trust Him and know that we serve a God that doesn't fail. But also know this, that just like the Israelites wandering around the wilderness and all these things, and as the Jews were praying and, and looking for the center, waiting, the shepherds were waiting, they were excited, and to go share the news that they had heard that was revealed to them. Everything is beautiful in God's time. See, they may have wanted Jesus to come a long time ago, right? (laughs) Before he was actually born. And there were some things to be worked out. There's a lot that we look at in Scripture. But in God's time, everything is truly beautiful. Do you believe that in your own life? That in God's time, everything is truly beautiful. One of the ornaments that's on our tree is when we got married, we, we were actually told we, we couldn't have kids. And um, that's hard to hear, you know? You're thinking about family, you're doing all these things. And we remember uh, the first time that... Actually, it wasn't the first time, but we got far along long enough in the pregnancy and uh, looked very promising, everything was really good. And, and one day, things didn't look so good. But we have this bow... For Miss Hatley, it stays on our tree. Now, I remember getting frustrated with God. Why would you reveal something to us like that and then take it away, right? Like, that, that's where our heart went to. But in all seriousness, I look out and I see our kids. And in his time, God revealed a lot of things and he taught us a lot of things along the way. In His time, everything is beautiful. And you continue to trust Him, even in the hurts, even in the pains, and even in the struggles. We will trust Him. So if you're a born-again believer, Christmas should look a little different. I'm a mess. I'm broken. But my reliance is on Him. I can share these things, right? I can share hope. Why? Because as a believer, I have that hope inside of me. The promise of God. I'm confident in the promise that God has given us. I can share peace why because i have peace inside of me we do we have that peace inside of us we should desire that reconciliation as well john 1 19 urges us to be quick to listen right slow to speak and slow to anger we all know that we can be sinful but we should walk humbly with one another and we have joy we should share our joy we have the light in jesus in our heart and it doesn't come from these earthly possessions but it comes from the truth that we have here at Christmas. Jesus came and died for us. That is truth. John thirteen thirty four says this, I have a new command I've given to you to love one another as I have loved you. So share that same love. I believe that in this chapter right here, John chapter three, Jesus showed true love. Jesus took time to meet with Nicodemus. Went back and forth in conversation. Jesus didn't waver. When you love someone, you don't waver the truth. The truth doesn't become, oh, I guess I didn't see it the right way. Maybe you're right. But the truth is the truth and you share that truth. But Jesus also took time to meet Nicodemus where he was. To reveal some things to him. To have a true conversation with him. Jesus showed... True love to Nicodemus. And he spoke truth. When Jesus is at the center of it all, things look a little different. And if you're not a born-again Christian, you're here with us today, we want you to know that if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have questions, we want to spend time praying together and talking to you and as we get ready to close here in a few minutes and close out this Christmas uh, service together is I want to challenge you what is your heart focused on as a Christian and if you're not saved how can we reach you where you are maybe you have doubts maybe you have questions but it is a gift for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what what is that word It's the B word. What is it? Believes. Believes. Here we go. Believes. Should not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe that this Christmas morning, in God's time, everything is beautiful? Do you trust him as your Lord and Savior? Would you run after the star to find a baby in a manger? Because your hope is in Christ the shepherds went running (laughs) would you go running let us pray together this morning dearly father thank you for loving us and showing your grace to us God When I am broken, you meet me where I am and you fix me up. I pray that as we leave here today, that you speak to our hearts and challenge our hearts. As a Christian, I pray that you help me to see the things that I need to work on and help me to draw near to you. Hold on to the things that are from you. pray for those that don't know you, Lord. I pray that they take the time to pray or talk with someone and, and get some questions answered. Lord, help us to have our full faith in you. Thank you for sending your son for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.